Hey everybody, this is Don Wetrick, author of Pure Genius, Creating Culture of Innovation, and you are listening to Podcast PD. You want to get that PD in your car, at the gym, you got the right place. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and let's start learning. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you'll have more fun with Stacey Lindis, AJ Bianco, and me, Chris Nessie. All right, so this is Podcast PD episode 15. So how's it going, guys? This is, this might be one of our most interesting episodes yet because people seem to like it when we get real and we get real authentic. So AJ, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. It's a, uh, be candid, it's a Sunday night. So I'm doing my usual lesson planning prep for the week, watching a little foosball on the television and having a wonderful conversation with you two knuckleheads. <laughs> Stacey, what's going on in your world? Uh, let's see. The house of Lindis is getting ready for, um, my husband to take a business trip. And so I will be, uh, playing single mom for the week. And it's a crazy week between practices, two practices in one day, uh, board of ed meetings. Everything seems to be happening on Wednesday. So Wednesday, you know, if I'm still alive after Wednesday, it'll be a good week. And then he comes home on Thursday. So that'll be good. But other than that, Life is normal and and things are going well. Mr. Chris, Mr. Chris, what's what's going on in, in your house of EdTech? Uh things are good. I, I, I'm happy to say that our podcast is still running because I'll be transparent. We had a little little website trouble over here with a couple of the websites I maintained. One of which is our very own podcast PD, but everything is fine. Episodes are available. You can still tell your friends to go visit podcastpd.com as well as the multitude of other sites that I keep running. So it was a fun day yesterday as I sat on tech support and phone calls and just got it all taken care of. Yeah, nothing like spending a Saturday, beautiful Saturday, taking care of uh, websites. Well, I, I, I still got to go out, so it, it still worked out. Well, I'm glad because it was a beautiful day. I even got in a run today. That was so nice. Kate got in a run today. She did a... Uh, a triathlon where she did the running leg of the triathlon. Oh, that's cool. Did was there, were there two other women doing the other two parts? Yes. So it was down uh in not Belmar. Like near Asbury Park in Avon, so there was a, a little swim component, a, a biking component, and the run component. Caitlin did the running part. Yeah, so it it it's, you know. So it's the end of September. We're having a good time here on Podcast PD, but we're going to be honest with you. We're tired. We we have a, a lot of things going on. You know, Stacy just said, you know, she's got a big week coming up as the uh, plain single mommy. AJ, I I, com- I commented to you when we got on this call that you look like you're losing weight in an unhealthy way. <laughs> I think you look fine, AJ. Thanks, Stacy. You look kind of you look drawn out a little bit. That's what being a Jets fan does to you. So maybe that's why. Oh, the pain. Pick a different team. Maybe the giant fan out there. Now, now I did it again. Now I jinxed it again. Oh my goodness! <laughs> In June, I jinxed the the uh, Yankees. Now I just jinxed the Jets. I mean, the Jets are already jinxed anyway. To but. be fair, AJ, when you jinxed 
the Yankees, they, they they've bounced back. They they clinched their playoff berth. So they proved it to me. Life didn't is I good. Everybody watch out for them, didn't I? Yes, Judge Sorry. started hitting home runs again. Life yeah, is good. good. At this moment, Aaron Judge is two home runs away from fifty. Is forty nine the uh, all time rookie record in the AL by McGuire? Yeah, it is a McGuire record. Be great to set a set a record like that. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. But we just lost Stacy. I think she just fell asleep talking about sports. So we can we can save our baseball podcast for another time, Chris. <laughs> I'd appreciate it. Yeah, still in the works, right? I go to one game a year. This year I went to two, so I'm good. So I think that brings us to whatever we're talking about in this episode. And I think what we decided on as we hit record is just the fact that, you know, it's September, but I don't want to say we're burned out, but how do you, how do we get over the hump of, you know, September we're moving into October. I mean, this episode itself is coming out here at the beginning of October as, as you're listening to it. We all had energy a couple of weeks ago as you know, the school year was starting, we were bright eyed and bushy tailed and here we are. It's not that I'm not bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. It's just been a long, it's been a long three weeks of school. You know, um, I don't know about you guys, but I've been to two back-to-school nights already. Um, the boys are in different schools this year, so that requires me going to two different buildings. I commend all middle school and high school teachers for their day and their back-to-school night because that is a beast. I'll be really transparent and, you know, let our listeners know that I have not had a back to school night in six years. And while I do go back to school on some evenings, it's not always a designated back to school night for my school or one of the nights in my district. Um, I usually go back for a PTA meeting, but middle school back to school night is no joke. I literally followed my son's schedule and started in the gym, raced upstairs to get to science Went someplace else down the hallway, went downstairs again. I mean, the kid, my son is up and downstairs all day long. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. So I could see how the transition might have been hard for him, some of his classmates, especially if they share the same schedule. Um, but as an elementary teacher, just knowing that you have, like, in my district, we had one presentation for back to school night. And that was it. You either you either made it to my 45-minute presentation or you didn't. Top of the day to the bottom of the day, just talking about the year-long curriculum. And it was a little schizophrenic. I, I don't know how you do it. Well, well, let me ask you this. Maybe you guys can tell me. I mean, we just do it. We, 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 we're like Pavlov's dog. With the bell rings, we do what we have to do. <laughs> and we do it, you know, I, I do it three times a day, you know, on the block schedule. AJ, how many classes a day do you teach? I teach six classes, two seventh grade, four eighth grade. That's a lot of time. It is a lot of time. I only have one off period besides lunch. Now, granted, my day flies. I teach, again, we're block schedule, so I teach the first block of the day, the second block of the day. Then I'm off for about two hours, and then I teach the last block of the day. And that two-hour block is my prep and my lunch back-to-back. It's a nice schedule. That's nice. I was a little nervous at first. But then I realized, okay, this is this is nice. It's nice to have the time off. The only downside is I don't have my room available during the prep because there's another class that comes in to use the room. So for that 80-minute prep, I, you know, I go talk with a couple other teachers. Uh, Bowtie Joe, I go to his room. Uh, Jamie Joshua, I go hang out in his room. So that that's me getting a little math across the curriculum in social studies. 
That's kind of cool, though. And what does back to school night look like for you guys? Well, I was just going to bring that up. And uh, my back to school night is September 28th. I will not be there because I have Rutgers because it's a Thursday. Uh, But at my high school in New Brunswick, they do. um, It's more like a fair where by each department gets together and does a departmental presentation. And, you know, all the sports teams and clubs are set up in the uh, not the auditorium, the uh, the cafeteria. And parents that, that come to this, they can get a sense of what life is like in the building. But it's not like what you went through, Stacey, where we're handing out the schedule and they're running and pretending to be students for five-minute periods. And as you shake your head, I imagine you wish it was more what I described than what you experienced. Um, I wish there was a way for, because, you know, AJ, I imagine this is different from what your middle school looks like, but they're teamed in my son's middle school. So I almost wish that they'd got been able to get together as a team, you know, all four content area teachers, and then go see some of the, you know, the other teachers who are not part of the, the team teaching. I just think that it would have been much easier. But I guess we had that back in the spring for orientation. It was kind of like that. No, actually, it wasn't. Nope, I lie. We actually went to every class that day as well. And it was just kind of you cycled through like what a day could look like. And with electives, it looks kind of different. Um, so that was kind of, it was really kind of interesting. But um, it was just a really busy day. I just wish that, you know, the whole team could have gotten together in one big room. And that's probably why they don't do it. It's because how do you get, you know, 100 plus parents or more because a lot of us came as couples, but how do you get that many parents into one location to have a, a team presentation? I know that that's actually in the middle school where I work now. That's one of the problems that, that our teams have because they would like to do the same thing. There just isn't a location in the building where everyone can meet um, and have that conversation as, you know, as a whole team. So it would be cool. No, AJ, no, no. what is it? What does it look gonna, like for you? I was going to say that would be a good idea. I, I actually tried that once before. Uh, it was my second year teaching in general. And, uh, you know, we tried the whole team approach where we all met in the library. So it was, you know, whatever I thought. I think it was eighth grade back then. So we all met in the library and uh, all core teachers were there. And then the Spanish teacher popped in at a certain time. We gave him like a time slot to come in and come talk to the students. Uh, but it was difficult for us to do that. And I remember because the science teacher who, you know, loves to talk, does a great job, has a great community relationship. And he's got up there. He was the first one to go. And he took up most of the time just because that's what he did. He was, he's a pastor, right? So he knew the community very well. So he was talking (laughs) like personal experiences, like he was giving his, his sermon on a Sunday. Right. So, and it was great. And I sat there just listening to him. I was still taking everything as a second year teacher. And uh, I was listening to him speak, and he did a wonderful job. And then all of a sudden, it was like, okay, so here's English, here's math, here's social studies. I was like, all right, so I got like three minutes. So I did my thing, and, um, you know, I didn't have much time. So, you know, that, that's the danger of having a, a team back to school night. You know, uh, for, for us, what we, we do is we follow the schedule. You know, our kids – start in homeroom, they come to their homeroom, parents go to the homeroom, get the schedule for the night, and they're on their way. Now, from homeroom, they either stay with me for period one, or they go somewhere else. So, you know, I had my homeroom, 
24 kids to begin with. So I had all the parents kind of just like standing around like, okay, you can all go. Back to school is such an awkward experience to begin with. You know, our parents are there because they're following a schedule their kids have. And they're just sitting there. And I feel, I always feel bad. Like I'm talking to them for six to eight minutes. They're listening. I try to make jokes. And then you look around the room and like, oh, nobody found that funny. Okay. So it's like giving a real presentation like that at a conference. And I really got to feel the crowd. It's hard to feel the crowd for six minutes that they're in the room. So this year's back to school night. What is it? Hour and a half tops? Maybe. You know, but it's, it's, it's challenging to, to go through you know, all the classes in a row, no break. You know, saying the same thing over and over and over. And I felt bad because towards the end, I'm starting to get drained. Yeah. You know, come my sixth period, seventh period class that I've now gone one, two, three, four, six, seven. You know, I'm like, okay, I've said the same thing over again. I feel like I've missed something. What did I miss? And then I just start like babbling about nonsense. So the parents are sitting there like, what is he doing at this point? But now, here, here's a question based on 13 that. 13 years later, back to school night's still a lot of fun. I, I've had similar <laughs> experiences doing that. But doesn't do you ever sometimes feel like that during a normal school day? You know, that you forgot something and your students are just sitting there going, what is he talking about? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. I do like back to school night, though, because, I don't know, the little stand-up comedian inside me puts on a little show and get the parents to laugh. And it might be that one time you get them to laugh because then once grades start coming out, well, here come the phone calls. <laughs> I hate back to school night. It was the one day, the entire day. I just hated the whole day. I hated just thinking about it while I was with my kids that day. Oh, Cause it's a long and day. I, and I hate, but I hated presenting to the parents, um, you know, talking about like cracking jokes and stuff. I used to tell my parents that, um, you know, my whole day is, you know, depending on what grade I was in, you know, my last grade was first grade. So, you know, I spent my entire day with six and seven year olds. And I would tell I would tell my students before before they left, I was like, make sure your mom and dad are nice to me because I am afraid of them. And like I would joke with them at back to school night. I was like, you know, I spend the whole day with little kids. You guys are very frightening. You're bigger than I am, most of you. And, you know, it's just kind of scary. And I would get chuckles. Um, but I can't imagine doing my back to school night several times. And I know at my little guy's school, that is how they do it. They have three sessions so that you can get to different grade levels if you have more than one child. So you have the opportunity to, you know, at least get to three different grade levels. But um, we only ever did one session. And for me, that was just, at least that was, you know, it was, it was contained. It was like, you either made it or you didn't make it. You made it halfway through and that was fine as well. But, but that was it. Um, and, uh, in, when I was in, when I was at the elementary school, we would split it. So kindergarten and first grade would be one night and then second and third grade would be a different night. And that worked out really well as well. Hey, AJ, speaking of that, um, cause Stacy's mentioned it a couple of times and now I'm in the third year of being the parent who goes cause miles was in pre-K and this year was in first grade. I didn't get to go to back to school night, but have you experienced back to school night as a parent yet, AJ? Um, so when Stacy was thinking about that, I was like, oh my God, that's going to be a miserable experience. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, like I, I go to back to school night for the boys, you know, they're in preschool, right? So they're, they're doing that. Um, you know, it's, it's like a 10 minute sit and listen to the teacher. Here's what we do. Here's a couple of handouts. This is what the room looks like. You know, in case you don't pick up the kids or drop them off. 
but you know, I have experienced that, but that's like a 10 minute thing in and out. And I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, so I'm going to have to do my oldest. I'm going to have to do my youngest and I have to do my own. I'm like, Oh, great. That's gonna be a lot of fun doing back to school night. Yeah. You know. And I will tell you that, you know, I did, I did preschool back to school night and not to minimize it because I don't think that the work that any teacher does should be minimized, but, or minimalized, but it's almost, it's almost a waste of time because, you know, I was primarily the drop off and pick up parent. So I got to see the teacher every day and that is, a, you know, that's a big, you know, big rude awakening when you get to, when you get to the public education world and your teachers aren't talking to you every day. You're not getting a cute little note in their cubby and you don't know how your child slept and ate and all of those little things. But, um, that's why I value back to school night once they're, you know, quote unquote school aged. Um, but I still feel like it's awkward. This is the first year I felt entire. well, actually when my son was, when my second son was in third grade, I felt comfortable that night too, because I think when you have a repeat teacher, things are much easier. Um, so this year, my fifth grader has the same teacher that my older son had. So that makes it a lot easier because she's looking at me for comfort and I'm looking at her like, you've got this, you know? And so there's like this teacher camaraderie, but um, back to school night is, is, I don't know. It's just no fun. <laughs> how do we, how do we turn that around? Like, how do we make it fun? How do we make it fun for parents? And then how do we make it fun for ourselves? And what are some like, like if you if you were mentoring a teacher and you could give him or her three tips, what would that look like? Like what would they be? So I don't know if these are tips, but things that I've been toying with. I, I when I used to work in another school, there was a teacher who used to welcome the parents and then create stations uh, of like student work. You know, like a little guessing game: can you figure out if your child wrote this or what they wrote or what they're talking about? So I thought that was cool. I thought uh, an idea of stations to have the parents up and moving so they're not sitting there. That was fun. Um, I, I didn't get an opportunity to actually watch her do it, just her tell me and I look at the setup. So it was fun to see the stations and all the different things they could do based on what she has done in her class and what they'll be doing out the year. Uh, that was one thing. The second thing is everybody says flip a faculty meeting. So why can't we flip uh, a back to school night? You know, I thought it'd be cool to like, create a video and send it out to the parents, you know, with the same information, if they don't have to watch it or listen to me. And then when they come in, you know, have them do some kind of back to school activity, like a getting to know you icebreaker kind of thing. I don't know. Like that's, I wanted to do it this year. I really thought about it and I was very close. But I was like, and then what do I do when they're here? What do I do for the 10 minutes that these parents are supposed to be here? I'm, I was afraid of crashing and burning for that one. So I will be honest. I was afraid of failing that one. and I did not take the risk. My Anything tip else? would be, and AJ, I like both of those. I, I, I don't know how how well stations for student work would work at the high school level. I, I'm sure it's been done and can be done. Uh, it's not something that, that fits my style as as a teacher and how I would do that. But my biggest tip to to a new teacher would be to smile. Like, super big smile. Have, you know, have the energy. Be warm. Be welcoming. Um, kill these people with kindness. For the, for the whatever amount of time you get to have them in your classroom, you know, and give them a taste of what their son or daughter experiences each day, you know, not through content, but through your energy and your enthusiasm for being there. You know, also, I think 
you know, just going, going through this, like I said, 13 years now, I relied on my slides a whole bunch when I, you know, first started doing my back to school night and every slide was like, it's something I want to talk about, obviously, you know, grades or topics we're going to learn about me. I, I ditched that. I ditched that probably about four or five years ago now. And I was like, you know what? That's not authentic. That's not me. It's me sitting here reading a slide. I don't do that during my class time. Why would I do that when the parents are here? So I thought slideshows, you know, while they work for some people, because it kind of keeps them on task, uh, on, on task um, I feel like it's just not you know, helpful for me. Then I'm looking at the screen. I'm turning back. I'm looking at the screen. I'm turning back. Um, so ditch the slides if you can. You, know, you want to put a couple images up there? And do that. So at least you kind of know for yourself what you're going to talk about. Or write on the board or bullet points. But I think the slides where you're clicking through and wasting time that way, I really think that's good use of time with the parents. Yeah, and I have to agree with that having lived through two this year. Um, you know, nothing was more irritating than having the teacher say, everything we're going to talk to you about tonight is in, is in the handout. And I was like, well, then talk to me about something else. Tell me something different. Um, so that's what I always focused on. But Chris, do you have another? So smile and kill them with kindness and put your energy on display. Anything else? Be funny. Be like, funny. I, I'm serious. What if you're I, not funny? Try to be funny because that'll also be funny. You know, I, I, <laughs> I've, I have crafted, you know, some, I guess now they'd be, you know, classified as like dad jokes, but you know, they're my personality, you know? I, so I, I would, I would maybe put on a little shtick at the beginning of, you know, the session to be like all nervous and, you know, maybe kind of pretend to stutter through my words. Like, you know, this is like my first time kind of thing, or, you know, just kind of like break that ice. Cause again, we, we described it just a few minutes ago from your perspective, Stacy. it's like as a parent, yeah, you, you're there to support your kid, but like, really, why am I here? What am I getting out of this? I just want to be a good parent. You know, so make it entertaining, I guess, would be. So so tell jokes, okay. be entertaining. Keep it light. I mean, it's not supposed to be a big, serious thing. You know, you can always throw in the disclaimer at the end if you ever have any, you know, serious concerns or need to address an issue with your son or daughter. You know, this is how you can get in touch with me. I'm always happy to have the dialogue and communicate and make sure that, you know, we're all working together. You know, something like that like that I you know and so to that point I would always try to focus on the things that my parents might have the most questions about you know at the elementary level you know I can't say I mean there are differences but I can't say that there are such extreme differences from grade level to grade level when it comes to reading writing and math you know if if you're starting a new math program then I might highlight that or, um, you know, if if there's like something really unique about your grade level, I would focus on that. But I would say for the 10 years that I was in the primary classroom, I was focused on morning meeting and, you know, talking to parents about what that was. Because I always felt like no matter when they came to me, whether it was first, second or third grade, they still had questions about this whole thing. Like if they heard about morning meeting and what was that? And so we would legitimately go through a morning meeting at night and we would have a greeting and we would have a share and every parent or parent couple got the opportunity to share something about themselves or about their children. And it was really kind of interesting. And then, you know, we would do a little activity and then we would do the news and announcements. And 
like those are the four pieces of morning meetings so that when their like when the kids went home and talked about like this great game that they played in morning meeting or you know they talked about how so and so shared and it wasn't show and tell i needed my parents to truly understand that because for me that was a huge part of the social emotional learning before sel was like the buzzword you know um cuz i feel like you know that responsive classroom has always been focused on the social and emotional learning of the student just as much as the academic skills that a child gains throughout the school year. So that for me was always, always, always huge. And then I would try to be light and funny, but I don't know. I don't think I'm a light and funny kind of person. I am with kids, but you know, they're seven and they think everything you do is adorable. And I think everything they do is adorable. It's kind of hard to like pull off that same adorableness with someone who's your age and or older. So that's my advice to like the elementary classroom teacher. Just, you know, focus on that thing that's going to be new or challenging or unique for your parents to like get their heads around. Right. I was wondering, like, you walked into back to school night, first one for middle school. What are you expecting? Like, I don't know. Like, do you look and go, okay, here we go. Like, do you have that middle school mentality where like, great, I have to go to school today. I didn't, but my husband did. And, you know, I think partly because I already, so here, I'm also, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I'm in that weird position where after I taught third grade and moved down to first grade, I pretty much followed my children through grade levels. So when I was a first grade teacher, Richie was in kindergarten and then first grade. And then when I moved to um, the fourth and fifth grade level, he was also four or five with me. And then when I moved to the middle school, for me, it was kind of like a preview into what his world was going to be like. So I kind of had a feeling for what back to school night was going to be like. And for me, more than anything, I needed to have a better understanding of what he was experiencing. Because, you know, without divulging too much information about about his transition to the middle school, I, I think transition to the middle school can be hard for everyone. And he struggled with some of it. You know, I think he struggled. Um, he's always struggled with, with some elements of organization. And I think the fact that middle school is no longer self-contained was a challenge. And, you know, there's this locker and he had lockers in the past, but they were in his classroom. And the fact that they're in the hallway and, you know, while the seventh grade teachers seem exceptionally understanding. And I imagine that if your middle school starts in sixth grade, it's the same thing for those sixth grade teachers. Um you know, there. Are, I guess after a while, there are only so many reminders that you can get that like all of your things need to be in classroom with you when you get there, you know, and that you have to come prepared. And what does that look like when before you just reached into your desk and you had a pencil? Do you know what I mean? Like little things like that. So mm-hmm. I think for me, it was just kind of like really understanding his struggle, like the struggle that was I go upstairs to unload all of my things from getting off the bus. Then I go back downstairs to the front of the building for PE and then I have to race back upstairs get my things for her like my first two periods you know it's like those little things I needed for me that was what my takeaway was the academic pieces any questions I have I could either reach out to his teachers or quite honestly I could just go back to my school and ask my teachers because a lot of it is just very similar you know and that's all very complicated and you didn't even get to the other exciting part of being a middle school student so what's the other part that, that whole other bit of change we go through. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
but I, I'll never discuss that on the air. Well, without That's going just not fair to him. without going that far, um, oh. if the track keeps up, pretty soon you'll be teaching at the college level as well. Oh yeah, no, no. But what's funny is my former students, who I have also followed because they are the same age as my older son, they're like, "Oh, Mrs. Lindis, are you going to come with us to the high school?" And I said, "Absolutely not." So, Mr. Belding um, said the same thing, and he wound up uh, at the high school too. Yeah, maybe I'll take the Mr. Feeney route and become an administrator first. (laughs) I just can't imagine. Hey, did I tell you guys about my Mr. Feeney moment? No, go ahead. I had a student from the uh, the Rutgers capstone basically come into class. She was one of the first people to come in last week, and she was like, "Mr. Nessie." I need you to solve all my problems and let me know what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And I immediately felt like I was wearing a little cardigan and glasses and (laughs) was ready to help this poor person. That's so cool. Did you tell her to do good? I did. I said, I said, you're going to do good. And and, and I said, not well, you will do good. We will. I said, you know, I am the coach. You are running this marathon and I will get you through it. And the beauty of this is we'll stay connected. So even when I'm old and gray and you're still, you know, young and vibrant and doing your thing, you can still count on me to, to support you <laughs> like Mr. Feeney. There you go. Yeah. And that's it. I like being connected with, you know, my kids, teachers, my kids, my former students. So it's kind of nice to, to do that, like to form that connection as a teacher and student and as a parent teacher and have those relationships. And you were definitely connected. I forget where we were. Was it South Brunswick where you saw former students' hands painted on the wall and you you were really excited and by chance you found them. I did. I knew who they were. (laughs) I did. I was so excited. I could tell you like whole stories about half those kids. And now they're in high school. They were and they're out of high school. They're in college. Oh, wow. Those kids are in college. Yeah, because my my first class of third graders where I'm teaching now, they just, they're in their freshman year of college right now. So those kids are, are well beyond. When did you start teaching? When you were my like first, 15? What's that? I said, when did you start teaching? When you were like 15? Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I'm the Dookie Hauser of education. You know, all of those 80s TV references, <laughs> 80s and 90s. So- and we talked about making connections. Like as a, as a teacher, what is your expectation from parents to be like a successful parent at back to school night is to go in completely open-minded and to really recognize that back to school night is not a conference about your child. You know, on your way out of the classroom, feel free to say good night to the teacher shake his or her hand and move on to where your next destination is. Um, If you're an elementary teacher, I know I always had, it was like a a wedding all over again. I had a receiving line of parents and that's, you know, and as an elementary teacher, it's hard because they don't really have anywhere else to go. You know, like they're done with you. They're done with the night. Um, But as a parent, just recognize that like conferences are going to be in about a month and a half. And you have time to, you know, you'll have time to have those conversations later. And the earlier that back to school night is, honestly, the harder it is 
for the teacher to know all the little ins and outs of your child to be able to give you the type of information that you're looking for about your kid. Chances are she or he is still running through assessments, whether it's, you know, reading, you know, reading or spelling inventory or, you know, a writing sample, they're still getting to know your child. So it's really hard to say, like, tell me how Johnny is doing, you know, tell me all about Chris and his brother, AJ. Like, that's just not what back to school night is about. AJ, we're brothers in this fantasy world. I know, right? But but if you have (laughs) questions, you know, follow up with an email the next night. And even if you don't have questions, follow up with an email, because I will tell you, like, some of the best relationships that were built were the ones that started that night. Like, thank you so much for, uh, you know, a lovely presentation. I have a question about this or, you know, it's just so nice getting to know you. Whatever the message is, send something. And that's advice to myself. So I need to follow that advice. Um, Because a lot of teachers are middle school. So, but if you only have one teacher to focus on, it's a lot easier. But every little bit helps. So. So do we have any last tips or anything else related to back to school night or do we want to talk about some other things? <clears throat> I think the connections are, are the biggest thing. And I stand, I stand at my door, you know, wait for parents to come in try to shake hands if I can. Who's this guy just standing here? Actually the teacher or everybody. That's because you're so young, AJ. You look like a student. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't feel it anymore. <laughs> so, so this is probably a good time to say that uh, I'm not sure what links will come out of this, but I'm sure that we will have come up with something to link to. So make sure that you check out podcastpd.com slash 15. Check out Stacy's sketch notes. Stacy, I just want to call you out on the air and say your sketch notes are awesome. And I love that you do one for each episode. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I, I really enjoy doing that each week. And I, I actually, it's so funny because I go back every, t- every time that, you know, we have an episode, I go back and I look at old ones just to kind of jog my memory of how I started the last one. And while they've changed over the last few episodes or since the beginning, um, there definitely is like a little bit of a format, but thank you. I appreciate that. So let's talk about what we are listening to and I will start. So you guys have time to think. Yeah, so I just want to take this uh, moment to say that Podcast PD has another network affiliation, and we are proud members of Voice Ed Radio, in addition to the Education Podcast Network. Uh, as I said on House of Ed Tech, which is also a part of it, um, we've not abandoned the Education Podcast Network because it's my network. <laughs> We're not leaving it. Uh, but Voice Ed Radio in Canada is another avenue for us to get this content. So hello to our Canadian listeners and anybody who listens to us on voiced.ca. Hello, our Northern friends. AJ, what are you listening to? So right now I am getting into a new podcast, uh, two new podcasts. Uh, The first one, is uh, the podcast from AJ Giuliani called Inside Innovation. And uh, I, I have been following AJ Giuliani for some time, and I appreciate his stuff and the ideas that he's throwing about innovation in the classroom. And, you know, it is a big buzzword throughout the educational society. Um, so I decided to kind of take a look at some of the uh, podcasts that he's offering. He's got a couple up there. He started in the beginning of September. So he's got uh, four or five. Uh, 
pretty good, pretty good uh, ideas here. They're quick, quick uh, under 15-minute episodes. And the one I'm caught up right now is 10 Practical Ways to Innovate in Any Classroom. And uh, we'll put the link in the uh, show notes so you guys can jump in there. I'm not going to go through all 10. But, you know, they're very simple ways that you can uh, start innovating your classroom, start innovating your school, and get your kids, your students, active learners and to have them begin innovating themselves. And I think you should give it a listen. I really, I really do appreciate what he's putting together. And the other one that I'm listening to is from his buddy, his partner, his teammate, uh, the creative classroom with John Spencer. Uh, I've been kind of following both of their work and I appreciate the things that AJ and John put together. And I looked at John's uh, podcast and, uh, they aren't new episodes, but he's putting some new episodes up there now. Uh, so I'm kind of bouncing around some of the episodes he has there. So I thought I'd give both of them and their ideas for creative classrooms and innovative classrooms a little, a little plug on tonight's episode. Very cool. I, I was aware that uh, AJ had put out a podcast, and I do need to check it out. It's on my list. I've not yet subscribed, but I do want to give it a listen, so... Is it something that I should start from the first episode a la Stacy, or could I just jump in with the last one just to check it out? With this, since there are, like I said, four or five episodes, uh, he does reference, not, not a lot, but he does reference, like the one I'm listening to, 10 Ways to Innovate Your Classroom. Uh, he references a couple of the other uh, episodes he has. Just kind of understand where he's coming from and the setup, basically, for these 10 things. Then you can start from the beginning. And like I said, they're under 15 minutes, so they're very quick listens, and they are good good ideas. So like I jumped into this one. So like I said, I just kind of pick and choose what I want to listen to. So I jumped in, but as he referenced, I was like, oh, maybe I should listen to that one. That sounds pretty interesting. So you don't have to, but if you kind of want to go with the ride the wave, then start from the beginning. Nice. I will definitely be sure to check that out. All right, and I am going to share one of the more powerful podcasts I've listened to um, recently was the latest episode. And I say latest, meaning it came out last week, but she dropped a new one today, so it's not quite the latest. But um, Angela Watson's episode 106, Three Beliefs That Damage Teacher Relationships with Black Male Students. So in this episode, she has a really lovely conversation with um, Principal Cafele, Brute Cafele, who we've all been fortunate enough to have the opportunity to listen to in person at ESET2 um, and JPA. And, you know, I guess my, and she talks about, you know, um, three different ways to or three different beliefs, I'm sorry, that, that, you know, like I said, damage the relationship. And one of the things, my biggest takeaway was, you know, as teachers, we, we stand in front of our students and a lot of times we say that we don't see color or that we're colorblind or that we treat all of our students the same. And what she and Principal Cafele were saying um, was that we really can't treat children that way. And in the same way that you wouldn't teach um, an EL, an English language learner, the, the same way as someone who's been in the country since birth, you wouldn't necessarily, you shouldn't treat, you know, black men because they're, 
their situations are completely different. And sometimes the way we have to interact with those students is different than the way we act with their white male counterparts or even their female black counterparts. It's just, you know, the way um, black males are raised and the expectations and the burdens that they experience are just so different. And we need to be cognizant of that. And we need to build connections beyond that and what that really looks like. And it just kind of reminded me of a relationship that I had, um, that a connection that I built with one of my third grade students early on. And, you know, he needed that. He needed me to recognize that like his life was completely different and completely different from how I grew up and completely different from how his peers were growing up. And once I recognized that, it, it you know, our our relationship was more meaningful because he wasn't just one of the kids. He was, he was special and I could treat him as, you know, as if he was special and recognizing all that he had to offer. And, you know, she goes really deep with Principal Kafele into, you know, what we should be doing for black males in the classroom and, you know, what building a connection really looks like. And, you know, not necessarily using their slang or their language or trying to connect on their, you know, on their music level, but make a connection that's a little more enduring and deeper. Um, so that would be my first one. And then this one will explain the number. So my number on my badges is 950. I hang my head in shame because I think last week it was 850 something. Um, but it, jumped and skyrocketed because after having Don Wetrick on the show last time and after listening to a couple of the uh, episodes that he mentioned, you know, with um, Tucker Max and a couple other ones. And so I went back and I listened to that. And then I listened to the ones that came out after the Gary V episode. And I'd listened to some of them already, but I was just intrigued. So I did the Stacey thing and I went back to episode one and then I downloaded all of them. So I have quite a few episodes of Started Up on my podcast catcher because he has 90 episodes and I have only listened to the first three and then um, all of the ones that I already listened to, which is like five or six episodes, re-downloaded. So that added about 100 episodes. So the math kind of makes sense. Thank God for Overcast and Smart Speed. Let's just put that out there. Thank God for Overcast, Smart Speed, and like I said, a large memory on my phone. So 950. And I will say I was 949 before before we started taping, and Angela Watson's episode dropped. So put me up at 950. Hey, something else cool happened while we've been recording, but we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. All right. So that's some really great podcasts that we're all listening to. Hopefully you will check those out too. There'll be links in the show notes at podcastpd.com slash 15. And now we would like to share some feedback. And a couple of people have taken us up on our Flipgrid challenge. First up, and I have these ready to go. Let's say hello to former guest of the podcast, Rich Chiz. Hello, Podcast PD, Rich Chiz here uh i had to share i am parked right now and i just listened to the episode with don wetrick it is amazing and uh i saw that you did a flipgrid challenge that i wanted to share with you uh, i listen in my car i'm in my car now 
uh, just uh, running some errands. So wanted to uh, share with you and hope that all is well. And I hope that other people will join your Flipgrid challenge. So listening from my car, love podcast PD, uh, amazing episode with Don. Uh, check it out if you have it. And then I think uh, episode number 12 was pretty good as well, too. So check that one out, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, see you. Thanks. That's awesome. I also like that he was a safe driver and pulled over before he did his flip grid. I appreciate the self-plug. I like that one. Hey, we did have a nice conversation with him. And uh, definitely, if you haven't checked that out, go over to podcastpd.com slash 12. We got another one. While we were recording, I got the notification that we got another flip grid response. So this next one comes to us from Ryan. Take it away, Ryan. Hi, guys. My name is Ryan Mitchell. I teach fourth grade in Indiana. Uh, just responding to your Flipgrid challenge. I listen to podcasts when I am mowing the lawn, working on projects. Uh, probably my biggest time spent listening to podcasts though, is when I'm doing dishes at night after the kids go to bed. Uh, so I usually have my earbuds in while I do that, and I catch up on things that have come out this week. So... Uh, thanks for everything you guys do. I learned a lot from your podcast. I appreciate it. Sick. That's awesome. Thank you, Ryan, fellow lawnmower podcast listener. He also does his chores while listening to podcasts. However you listen. However you listen is awesome because just keep listening. <laughs> yeah, that's what Don said last week. No matter yep. where you are, there's always PD. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you to Rich for participating in our Flipgrid challenge. And we're going to keep this one going for a little while longer. So again, if you head over to podcastpd.com slash Flipgrid, and we very simply want to know, where do you listen to Podcast PD? Make sure you tell us your name, where you teach, what you teach, and where you listen to our podcast, and where you listen to all your podcasts. We want to know, and we want to share it here on the air. And this is our sneaky way of getting you accustomed to participating in Flipgrids with us, so that way we can ask you more questions and produce even greater podcast PD episodes. So that's my thoughts on feedback. Anything else to add guys? No, I think that's it. Let's call it a wrap. All right. Bye Stacy. Bye guys. Bye AJ. Good night, John boy. <laughs> I don't know what TV show it's from. I remember hearing all it. Eight is enough. No, eight. no, no, no. no. the Waltons, the Waltons. God, no. Well, the Waltons. The Waltons. Waltons. Thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, Podcast PD. We really appreciate your continued support. Cool. All right. We'll see you guys uh, in a couple weeks. Have a good night. Or day. Or morning. Or mowing the lawn. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Podcast PD. For links to all of the resources mentioned in this and every episode, please visit our website at podcastpd.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at AJBianco, and I also blog at AJBianco.me. You can connect with me on Twitter. I am Mr. Nessie, and I would love it if you also checked out the House of EdTech podcast over on chrisnessie.com. You can connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at irontech, and I blog at irontech.me. Connect with Podcast PD on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast PD. We would also love to have you as a member of our Facebook community. Go to podcastpd.com slash Facebook to join. 
You can also help us reach more educators like you by telling someone else about the podcast. So share us with your colleagues. And if you do it on social media, please tag us. Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. Podcast PD is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca. You know. All right, I need to put an edit point in here. AJ, drop your microphone. You don't need to hold it. You sound like a walkie-talkie. <laughs> just Yeah, just let it hang. I don't know if you guys heard me. Every time I do this, tell me I don't sound right. Oh, no, you're like breathing into the microphone. I was looking away. I keep moving it away. <sighs> All I heard was... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> Wait, I'll, I'll do my best, Don. Hit that subscribe button. Hit it now.